Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I hope you enjoyed some of our encore shows over the holidays. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I am very excited to be back. All of us involved with the Pet Place are thrilled to be part of the weekend news talk lineup here on 5:40 a.m. and 12:60 a.m., which includes consumer activist Clark Howard, who follows us each Saturday at 11 a.m. So you've found a great spot on your AM dial this morning. Now, before we meet our guests, I want to ask everyone to keep Fred Bergendorf in your thoughts and prayers. As many of you know, Fred, who started the Pet Place almost 20 years ago with the mission of helping all homeless pets find homes, has been hospitalized for a number of months following surgery for a back problem. Unfortunately, he didn't make the progress that doctors had hoped for, and he later found out that it was due to a very serious degenerative nerve condition. Over the new year, Fred had to be transported to critical care and is currently unable to breathe on his own. I am very sad to report that this is a very serious condition. Um, Prior to this, Fred had mentioned how much all your kind cards and emails have meant to him, and I'm hoping that your continued support will help him through this very difficult time. You can send your messages to his email address, which we do print out all of your emails and letters, and that address is tpetplace at earthlink.net T is in tango P-E-T-P-L-A-C-E at earthlink.net And thank you to everyone who has already expressed their well wishes. Now we're going to take a quick break now, but when we return Jason Jacobs from the Los Angeles Zoo is going to be giving us a Reggie update, so stay tuned and we'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM540 and 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. And I'm really thrilled to introduce Jason Jacobs from the Los Angeles Zoo. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, I'm so happy that you could make it. And I know that you've got some pretty exciting things going on over at the zoo these days. Um, Tell us about it. Well, you know, just back in November, November 8th, actually, we opened up Campo Gorilla Reserve, our brand new uh, lush forest habitat for two different groups of gorillas. It marks the return of gorillas to the zoo after a four-year absence. Wow. And I can tell you this habitat has been breaking attendance records. We had over 156,000 people to see the gorillas the first month they were there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and so many educational opportunities um, are there with that many people e- exactly. coming to the Exactly. You know, gorillas, um, 
by all means, people love to come in and see gorillas, but it's mm-hmm. important that people see about see them. And it's also important that people learn about them because gorillas right now are facing a lot of challenges in, in the wild, not just habitat loss, but um, they're being hunted for their meat and they're being faced with the Ebola virus. No. Yeah, so there's a lot of challenges. And at the Los Angeles Zoo, uh, we want to empower our visitors to learn about these animals. And by the time they leave the zoo to care about them and to make a difference in their everyday life or perhaps support gorilla conservation projects in the wild. Well, how can the average citizen support gorillas in the the wild? I mean, clearly there are no gorillas running around in the United States. And are there um, special organizations that... There are special organizations that uh, do support gorilla conservation in the wild. Okay. Um, The Wildlife Conservation Society is one that comes to mind that has several staff members out there um, studying the uh, Mountain Gorilla Foundation. There's various groups, and even even the uh, Greater Los Angeles Zoo Association, the nonprofit support organization of the Los Angeles Zoo, supports wildlife conservation projects for animals all over the globe. Oh, that's wonderful. That's such a great thing. I, You know, when I go to the zoo, I always stop, and I spend a lot of time uh, looking at um, the great apes because... They're so human, and and they're just such close relatives of ours, mm-hmm. of human beings. And and you really can learn so much um, from an anthropological perspective even on, you know, how we uh, became who we are um, based on looking at what they do. And it's really just so remarkable. Well, the Los Angeles Zoo is fortunate in that we are uh, one of only a handful of zoos that displays three species of great apes. Of course, we have the gorillas, which we already talked about. We have six gorillas. Uh, we have six orangutans in the red ape rainforest. Mm-hmm. And then with chimpanzees of Mahali Mountains, we have one of the largest chimpanzee troops in any zoo in the country. And it's oh, a my. habitat that Jane Goodall has proclaimed as one of the finest in the world. It's oh. really a great habitat because it's a nice lush green area for them. And then they have a penthouse area, which <laughs> is on top of their holding, which looks like a Almost a jungle gym for children, but uh, oh, they the must have a great time with that. They do, they do, and they live as a chimp group would in the wild. I mean, they're they're a large group, multi male, multi female, and uh, how do they all get along? Are there little fights and skirmishes? Well, naturally, with every every family, you have skirmishes. If you and your family live together all the time, uh-huh. you know. But uh, the habitat is designed where the animal care staff can manage separate groups of chimps if they need to. Okay. But uh, we have a pretty great group, and we have stadium seating so you could sit and enjoy the chimps and watch them. Oh, that's neat. You know, I I haven't been to the Los Angeles Zoo in a while, and now that all of this has happened, I need to get back and take a look because it sounds so wonderful, and you must be so proud of everything. We're we're very proud. You know, the whole Los Angeles Zoo team, from our zoo director, John Lewis, all the way to our, our keepers, our horticulturists, and even our visitor services. You know, a lot of people don't realize that to operate a zoo, it's not just about the animals and the mm-hmm. keepers. You have to be able to provide food for visitors, oh, sure. education programs, uh, marketing and public relations, which my division encompasses. So there's really a lot that goes into it, and um, we're very proud of the fact that we have over 1.6 million visitors a year. Wow. They can come in and experience wildlife. They can learn about animals. They could see animals because if you think about it, the majority of our visitors will never get the chance to see these animals in That's the wild. That's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you even want to go further than that, even if you could afford to go to some of these places where these animals live, the chances of you seeing one of them in the wild, for instance, are okapi. Okapis are a very beautiful animal 
they're closely related to a giraffe, but they actually oh, yeah. look like They some look like sort they've of, been pinned together with a lot of different yeah, animals. The stripes <laughs> of a zebra, the head of a giraffe, and uh, you have to see one if you're if you're listening to this on the radio. Google search Okapi and you'll see what I'm talking about. They're beautiful. They live in the Congo, and even if you were to go there, you probably wouldn't see one. Really? So, I mean, they live wow. in the African rainforest. Uh, so there's really a lot of opportunities to see some amazing animals, which we share this planet with at the Los Angeles Zoo. And we charge $10 for adults, $5 for children, so it's an affordable experience. It's a bargain. That's uh, less than a lot of people spend on Starbucks, I think. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we don't charge for parking either. Oh, that's so, great. And we have a lot of special events coming up. Uh, we have the animals there all the time, but we have special events to bring a value-added attraction to our visitors. And on uh, February 9th and 10th, we'll be celebrating the Lunar New Year. Uh-huh. And this year, it's the year of the rat or the year of the rodent. So when you okay. come to the zoo, you can experience um, cultural entertainment from China, such as the lion dances and oh, Chinese acrobats. But you can also get your little guide to see where the different rodents are in the Los Angeles Zoo. And we have some very interesting rodents like prairie dogs and the South American rodent called the pacarana. Oh, we have wow. agoutis, which is another South American rodent, so you can learn about that. And then later on in February, on the 23rd and 24th, we have our Black History Month celebration okay. where we celebrate the achievements of African Americans within the United States, and we highlight African Americans within the zoo and aquarium industry, including two of our own staff, uh, Dana Brown, who's our Director of Human Resources, mm-hmm. and Denise Ferret, who's the Deputy Director of the Los Angeles Zoo. I, I just love hearing about all this community involvement, and I love hearing about the education you do, too, which I'm sure you really emphasize how wild animals don't make good pets. Exactly. You don't want to have a chimpanzee for a pet, and you don't want to have an alligator for a pet. Well, it's funny you should bring up (laughs) alligator because, you know, everybody knows our celebrity gator, Reggie, who was at large in Lake Machado for almost two years. Now, everybody knows his story, but what you don't realize is that of the seven alligators on display at the Los Angeles Zoo, five of those, including Reggie, were former pets or were caught right here in Los Angeles. They were caught in Los Angeles? Two, Reggie and, no a, and a second were alligator many. were caught here in Los Angeles. And at wow. one time, all these animals were former people's pets. And um, Why would somebody get an alligator as a pet? Don't they know they grow up and get You know, big? I think maybe they see them when they're young and they're hatchling. I'm, I'm from Florida, so I, I love alligators. But okay. i tell you what, I would never want one as a pet. No. And they get to Think about giving them a little snack. You'd pull back, you know, a few less fingers. Exactly. If you want to see how big an alligator gets, we have an alligator that's much larger than Reggie. His name is Methuselah, and he's been at the zoo longer than any other animal. Oh, he's my. He's a very large gator. He lives with his mate, Cajun Kate. And, um, <laughs> Cajun Kate. <laughs> you can see how big an alligator gets. They, uh-huh. they're, they're predators. They eat other animals. They're potentially mm-hmm. very dangerous. Absolutely. So they're not something that we recommend as a pet. In no, not at all. Any I just don't understand how they end up as pets in the first place. Exactly, exactly. So we, we don't advocate keeping exotic animals as pets. Now, now Reggie decided um, he wanted to get back to his old lifestyle at one point, and, and he he tried to leave the zoo, even though it's a beautiful place. It, it, well, you know, this was just a few days after he moved into his new zoo habitat, and before we had Reggie in the habitat, we actually had several other alligators, but we enlarged the habitat, and enlarging the habitat, we gave him that little bit of wiggle room, which he used to, to get out and take a walk. Uh-oh. Uh, he was found near a loading dock at the zoo, 
Trying to hitch a ride on a truck, huh? Yeah, fortunately <laughs> recovered. Since then, uh, we immediately made modifications to his habitat, and he hasn't taken any other walks. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm sure he has a much safer and happier yeah. and healthier place at the L.A. Zoo. And this time of year, he, he's not really doing much because, obviously, with the, the winter season, reptiles cool down. Right. We actually don't feed our alligators over the winter. so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's too cool for their, them to digest their food this time of year, so we generally feed them during the warm seasons. So of they're the almost hibernating. In Very a way, close. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, the best time to see Reggie is if it's a sunny day, right when the sun pops out, you'll see him sunning himself. Oh, okay. And then he'll hunker down for the rest of the day. Oh, outstanding. Jason, um, I have so much fun talking with you about the animals at the zoo, but unfortunately we're already running out of time. So I was wondering, before I let you go, can you give everybody all the um, hours of operation, okay. um, your website address, if people want to volunteer or maybe even donate to help out the zoo program? Mm-hmm. Um, let's go for it. Okay. Well, first of all, our <laughs> website is www.lazoo.org, and the LA Zoo is located in Griffith Park right at the intersection of the Golden State Freeway, which is the 5 and the 134 Freeway. Okay. And we're open every day of the year except Christmas. All right. And it's $10 for adults, $5 for kids, which is quite an affordable experience, as we said, mm-hmm. for you to come and experience over 1,200 animals from around the globe. You can go to Australia and Africa without even having to go into LAX and <laughs> getting your passport. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, Jason, thank you so much thank again you. for being here. We need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back again here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 540 and 1260. Stay tuned. We're back on AM 540 and 1260, and you're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and with me now is Madeline Bernstein, who is the president of the SPCA Los Angeles. Hi. Hi, Madeline. Thanks for coming out Thanks today. Thanks for having me. Tell me, what new and exciting things are going on with uh, SPCA LA? Well, as usual, we're always working to make the world a better place for animals, but as far as our our own business, we finally opened our pet hotel and grooming salon at our village in Long Beach, so that's exciting. Okay, and and what what is the pet hotel for? Is that just for people who have pets or? Who can board, who want to board their dogs or cats. Okay, outstanding. I know, well it was all part of this comprehensive village that we built that opened in 2001. That's an adoption center and an education center. And my dream is always that it was at some point going to be a complete village that uh-huh. where you could get a pet and there were resources of things to do with your pet after oh, you had good. a pet. So finally, we're almost done with phase two and, and so things are happening. Three? Well, phase three, I don't know yet. <laughs> I have to live in phase two a little oh, bit okay, to see okay. what we need in phase three. But All right. So there's that. And it's uh, this year we turned 130. Wow. So we're one now, of what the have been some of your greatest uh, accomplishments in those 130 years? Well, we put animal the issue of animal cruelty on the map mm-hmm. here, and if you think about when we first opened in 1877, uh-huh. we opened not only to protect animals, but we opened also to protect children. There right. was no child mm-hmm. protection law. Things and have so really changed. 
we've brought it all back full circle. We now have um, a violence prevention program oh. um, that's now being sold and conducted all over the world. Wow. Um, we have a domestic violence program. Mm-hmm. We have all the traditional animal-related programs that you would think of, foster caring, animal-assisted therapy, adoptions, and stuff. So I think one of the great things that this organization did is really stick to the global look at what does it mean to not be cruel to animals, and really what it means is to be nice to everybody. Yeah. And so human beings, animals, human beings, the animals earth, right, everything. right. Empathy Wonderful. is the cure for violence. So we've been doing a lot of that, and so it's been it's been busy. Now tell me a little bit about your pet therapy program. That's one of my my favorite animal types of activities is pet therapy because it just brings so much joy to to patients who are in hospitals, children especially who right. are who are stuck in long-term hospital care. Tell me a little bit about what goes on there. Right. It's one of our most popular programs and it's all volunteer driven. Oh, wow. That's which wonderful. makes it great because mm-hmm. we you know, you can volunteer from anywhere and if your pet Does comes somebody in somebody need to have their own pet or do yes. they take animals? No, you okay. bring you can do it with your own pet. And the only thing is that your pet does have to clear a pet temperament test for the is pet that therapy like program. Canine good citizenship. Right. It's not so much that they're trained okay. you know to to do everything. A lot of it has to do with that they're not they won't knock over the IVs, oh, bark right. at the wheelchairs, nip Absolutely. at senior citizens or children. So they you know they push a wheelchair at the dogs and mm-hmm. you know they, they do things to make sure that they'll be suitable sure. for this kind of, of of a trip. I mean, I've had one of my dogs, you know, passed. One of my dogs, you know, I would have been crazy to even attempt, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. because she was so high-strung and would not have accepted. Well, sometimes in the hospital environment, I mean, there's some pretty scary sights and sounds and smells That's right. for a pet. And That's so unless right. you have a pet who's really laid back and right. and can handle just about anything, um, right. probably not the best idea. Right. But so if you have one of those pets... It's a great activity because, uh-huh. first of all, you can do it... You know, you can make a commitment to do it once a week or every other week. We match you up with a facility that wants it okay. so that you don't have to go far to do it. Two, you can bring your kids sometimes oh, so that it wow. can become a family activity. Oh. And there is another message when you're working with your own kids and your own pet to someone who's confined, whether it's a senior citizen mm-hmm. or an AIDS hospice or a child right. um, that's confined to a hospital for a long period of time. Um, so it's a great way to, you know, get your family involved in philanthropy of one sort oh, or another. Um, it's it's a fabulous program, not only for the people that wait to see the therapy dog, that, you know, the, the senior citizens will get their hair done and their Aww. nails done, um, you know, and the kids have said things like, can you do my operation later? The dog is coming. We've had um, veterans from the war literally fall apart lineup just to pet the therapy dog. Um, so it's not just a great thing for the people that mm-hmm. are, are excited about the visit, but the dogs themselves, and most of them are dogs. We had a cat. There was a chinchilla. I mean, there are other animals, but primarily it's dogs. Sure, that makes sense. The dogs themselves develop this different thing about mm-hmm. them when they're on a therapy visit. And I wouldn't have believed it because I'm very cynical, you uh-huh. know, but I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> but you're an animal. But for my <laughs> own dog. Right. Well, I had one of, uh, I had an ancient retriever uh-huh. with, you know, he was a cruelty case. And by the time he was fixed up, you know, he had arthritis and aches and pains. And he was one of our first 
therapy dogs, and this dog was 90 pounds. If I threw a ball, he would look at me like I was insane, uh-huh. you know, like you don't expect me to go that fast. <laughs> he wouldn't sit. He did absolutely nothing, wouldn't walk nice on a leash, took him into a hospital, and mm-hmm. you would have thought that this dog was completely trained. Wow. He sat on command. He visited each bed. He actually propped up a person who was starting to tilt on the oh. walker. By leaning. He's never seen a walker. You know, so I really how do they know animals that? have a sense for this right. sort of thing. I, I mean, I know a lot of people who say, no, no, you're... You're just passing on your human emotions right. over onto these animals, and they think thought. I'm nuts. Right. But, but I really do believe that animals know. They understand. They know. They're he, very gentle with people who are in, you know, that type of situation who have to be treated delicately. They somehow seem to know. They, they somehow to know, even though they've not been exposed to it. And then we would walk out the hospital door, mm-hmm. and he would drag me. You know, <laughs> to the car. And again, that's his own personality. Exactly. You can handle so, it. So when volunteers tell me this and they say things like, you know, you won't believe how my pet acted on these visits. I can't believe it. We never taught him uh-huh. how to do that. I, I believe them because at first I was like, I don't know. How would they know? Maybe the right. dog knew from a prior home. I mean, there has to be some reason. But I think you're 100% right. I think they know. Uh-huh. I and they think. also pick up, I think, on, on what we're feeling, too, because when we go in, we act a little more gingerly around mm-hmm. the patients, and and we're more careful in our movements, and, and they recognize that they also. Do. So it's a combination of things. It is, and it gives them a sense of purpose. Um, he used to come with me to the office. I'd leave. He'd sit down by the car, and he'd be very irritated, uh-huh. you know, if he didn't come along. And what we started to realize was that, this dog liked to do that. So wow. he went on education visits. He went to classrooms. I would bring him to work with me, and the education staff would take him. They'd go to schools and things like that, bring him back at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because he insisted. How funny. And yet, and he <laughs> behaved, except when he was with me. Of and course. So, Your mom, he could take advantage of you. <laughs> and so it helps. So I guess in some, that program uh-huh. helps the people that are waiting for the visit. It helps the volunteer and and oh, embrace so the volunteer family, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, it helps the therapy dog, too, in does. ways that we actually can't quantify, but mm-hmm. it's, it's there. And I've seen it. It's oh, I think dogs really do need to have some kind of purpose in life. They they do get right. bored if, you know, their whole life is just centered around right. the house. They like going out. They like doing things. They like having a mission. Right. They do. They feel very good about yeah, that. And, and they get all this extra... You know, praise and praise attention, and, attention. Yeah. and you know, they, Who some of the seniors, like right, right, and some <laughs> of the seniors would say, you know, I have arthritis too, <laughs> what does the dog take, and you know, they're all on the same medication, this retriever had a heart condition, he was oh, taking the goodness. same pills, and so, you know, on that level, sure, you know, when it wasn't children or whatever, they... <laughs> They would, they would say you practically got the feeling they were talking, and the dog was discussing it. I mean, Aww. of course he wasn't, but this was this whole thing. What is he taking for his heart? That's you know, what is he taking fun. for his arthritis? That's that's very very nice, though. But I wanted to ask you: Do you notice that people who come to your facility to adopt pets do they ultimately get involved with? Well, not all of them, obviously, but do you find that um, a good number of those people get involved with volunteering later and perhaps coming back with their own animals to participate in this type of program? Some, like you say, some do and some don't, and it Mm -hmm. can be a chicken and an egg. Sometimes it's people that have come to volunteer that end up adopting pets. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right, and then continue. (laughs) And in some cases, it's as you say, and we also try to provide 
other things. For, so people will come back with their pets. So we have agility classes, oh, and we have good manners classes mm-hmm. and nose fun classes, okay. and we have activities that people can do with their pets, which brings them back to to us. Okay. And so then they do that. So they do volunteer to help on other events, and they do volunteer to foster bottle babies or something down the line. So it's a very symbiotic relationship between, Wonderful. you know, us and the community and the common denominator is the pets. Madeline, we're we're just about at, out of time here, but really quick before we leave, let's give your contact information so people could volunteer and get involved. If you go on the website, just type in spcala.com. You look at our website, you can donate online, you can volunteer online, you can sign up for classes online, you can read about the organization. Um, There's just a ton of information online. Wonderful. Madeline, you have a remarkable organization. There's so much going on there. I hope you'll come back again since we had so little time to talk today. (laughs) But, um, folks, we need to take one more break. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on AM 540 and 1260 on the Pet Place Radio Show. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and thanks for staying tuned. I want to remind everyone that our Pet Place television show is on every Sunday morning at 6.30 a.m. on KDOC. And if you've never tuned into our TV show, we feature some amazing animals that all need good homes, and we've been doing this for almost 20 years. I'd like to thank Ralph's Grocery Store for playing a major role in helping the Pet Place continue in its mission if it wasn't for their generous support, we couldn't do this. So thank you so much, Ralph. And I need to close today's show pretty quickly because I had so much fun talking to our guests. But uh, I just want to remind everybody for 2008, adoption is for life. And please don't forget, spay or neuter your pets. Thanks so much, everyone. Happy 2008. And I'll be back next Saturday on AM 540 and 1260. Have a great weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.